Welcome to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, bringing you chapter 49, the final chapter in If I Perish by Esther on Kim. Chapter 49, America. There was a great number of refugees from the north when we arrived in Seoul. Long lines of men, women, and children with the few clothes and personal possessions they could carry were streaming into the city. Confusion reigned. The young men who went south with us took us to the home of Elder Yun's daughter. As soon as they learned that there were two empty rooms in the big house which we could rent, they said goodbye and left to return home. Our friend's daughter was a devout believer, which made it very nice for us, and the house was so large that we could have complete privacy whenever we wanted it. It was then that I set to work, writing in my diary. For six years I had not been able to do so. Now I recalled everything that had happened to me from the day I quit teaching school until the day I was freed from the Japanese. I seemed compelled by some force outside myself to write down everything, including my innermost thoughts and desires. From early morning until late at night, I kept writing. During this period, an acquaintance asked if I would be interested in teaching home economics at Sukmaring, a women's university. My major had been home economics, but I had never taught the subject. My real interest was in music and literature, so for that reason I turned down the offer. It wasn't long until my friend was back again, asking me to teach music at a girl's school. However, I had not practiced the piano for over seven years, and my voice was much lower than it had been before my imprisonment. In addition, my confidence and physical condition were not good. I would not be able to do an acceptable job of teaching the subject. About the same time, a beautiful American woman, accompanied by an interpreter, visited me. She introduced herself as Phyllis Coe. She told me that I was very famous in the United States, and she wanted to meet me. I thought she had come to visit me by mistake. You're Miss Ahn, aren't you? she asked. After we talked for a few minutes, she explained the purpose of her visit. She asked me if I would like to go to America. I had always wanted to go to America. For a long while, I thought I should have gone there instead of going to Japan. Now my health was not good, and I did not want to leave my mother. You don't have to stay very long, she said. We would like to have you travel around America, giving your testimony for a period of three months. My mother encouraged me, and my new American friend gave me a check for a thousand dollars. My mind was made up. During my years in prison, the Japanese government had driven all the American missionaries from Korea. Among them was a medical doctor who, with his wife, had previously served in Manchuria. They refused to leave Korea and were put in prison and tortured along with the other Christians. At the peak of the shrine worship, they had visited Pyongyang. They arrived about the same time I returned after warning the to Tokyo government. They heard my testimony when a group of the remaining missionaries met secretly. 
Both the doctor and his wife were impressed by it. They also learned that I was imprisoned later. The devout couple were on the last exchange ship to America after having been imprisoned for a year. As soon as they arrived home, they wrote a pamphlet entitled, If I Perish, I Perish. It told how I was called by God to go to Japan and give a message of warning at the 74th Diet Meeting and how I was arrested and imprisoned for it. This pamphlet was distributed widely among believers in America. A wealthy southerner was so impressed by it that he had it reprinted for distribution across the United States, Canada, England, Austria, Australia, and South America. Phyllis was one of those who read the pamphlet. After much prayer, she came to Korea and with a thousand dollars in her hand, asked me to come to America to give my testimony. About that time, a young man by the name of Kim Dong Myung visited me. He, was, he had graduated from an engineering college in Kobe and worked in Tokyo designing tunnels and bridges. Afterward, he returned to Korea and studied civil engineering at the University of Seoul. He had been given a scholarship from the United States and had already finished preparations for a doctor's degree in MIT. More important, he was burning with God's love. Years before, my mother had encouraged me to be a pastor's wife. I had insisted I would not marry a pastor. My husband, I said, would have to be an engineer. Mother and I had competed against each other in our prayers. We both laughed at our predicament. I had my way by marrying an engineer, but God did not allow the matter to rest there. My husband decided to abandon his chosen profession and become a pastor. With God's help, mother won out, but by this time I was as eager as he that he served the Lord full time. When I went to the American embassy to apply for my visa, I was asked if I understood and spoke English well. I don't speak it at all, I confessed. What would you do if you went to the English-speaking world and couldn't speak the language? The ambassador asked me. I didn't like the tenor of his questioning. I was not surprised, by, but was deeply disappointed when he told me that since I did not speak English, it would be better for me not to go. I thanked him and left his office. Just outside the door, I met an old friend, an American missionary I had not seen for years. I told Reverend Adam, Edward Adams that I was sad when I heard that he had been expelled from Korea. As soon as I heard the war was over, he said, I came back. Then he said that he had heard I survived my own imprisonment and that he had wanted to see me but had not known where to locate me. I told him about the diary I was writing and the decision to go to America, but I was refused a visa, I said. Would you like to see the ambassador again? He asked. I'll go with you and explain how things are. The ambassador seemed to know the missionary very well. They talked for a time, and I was sure that I was the subject of their conversation. The ambassador's expression changed. When the conversation stopped, he bowed to me in the oriental manner, his eyes clouded with tears. 
since the ambassador didn't know about you, Reverend Adams said, he did not treat you with the respect you de deserve. He apologizes for it, and he says that you can go to America and give your testimony with the treasured visa. In my hand, we went to the reservations office of, the air of an airline. One plane was leaving for America each month, and the next would leave the following day. He checked the passenger list. Yes, there was a seat available. Once my mind was made up, everything went easily. All the Christians gathered that night in a farewell party for me. I told Mother that I would be away for three months and that I did not want her going to heaven while I was gone. Now that you have a chance to go to America, she said, told me, make the most of the opportunity. Maybe it will be God's will that we see each other again at the gate of heaven. That was the last time I ever saw her. My plane stopped briefly at Tokyo, and I saw that the once great city had been hammered flat, just as God had told me it would be. Suddenly I felt the fear of Almighty God, who had brought judgment upon a nation which was warned, yet did not repent. I also feared the judgment that would come upon every people and nation that continued to rebel against Almighty God. Japan had suffered greatly in showers of brimstone fire. I wondered how they felt about the pride of idol worship while they had been burning in the fire. The reality was frightening. I prayed to God for the beaten and miserable people of Japan. I prayed that they would open their hearts to the gospel, listen to the message of salvation, and accept the Lord and be saved. They would no longer cover wealth and power, and they would be free of greed, thinking of the poor as their brothers. My plane flew high over the ocean toward a new world, America. My singing praises continued in the sky. O oh God, thou art living. I love thee more than ever before.